Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Now, did you know that you can have up to two-thirds of your liver surgically removed and still survive? Not just survive, but thrive. The remaining third will actually regenerate itself back into a fully functioning liver. And in today's video, we're going to be looking at five very simple yet powerful ways to hack into the liver's incredible regeneration capabilities. Follow these five things and you will not only detox your liver, but you will restore your overall health and well-being. Whether you're a drinker, a non-drinker, or former drinker, today's video will be of value. So first of all, what exactly is the liver? So the liver is a relatively large organ that's located in the upper right abdomen. Weighing an average of one and a half kilograms, it's actually the largest internal organ of the body. And it also has an incredible ability to regenerate itself. This sets it apart from all of our other internal organs. Like I said, you can lose up to two thirds of your liver through surgery or injury, and the remaining liver cells will proliferate to the point of regrowing the liver to a functional state. In rodents, this can happen in as little as five days. Humans take up to a month to fully regenerate. So what exactly does this organ do? Well, for starters, two large blood vessels pass more or less all the blood in our bodies through it. The liver acts like a big filter, breaking down and eliminating all toxins and other unwanted waste products from the blood. The various medicines and drugs that we take, including alcohol, are also broken down and expelled in the liver. But filtering the blood is not the liver's only function. It actually performs an astonishing number of tasks, by some estimates over 500. Some of these tasks include producing numerous proteins that is critical to all aspects of our body's functioning, regulating the level of sugar within the blood, acting as a storage facility for various nutrients, vitamins, and minerals. It produces blood clotting factors. It metabolizes nutrients, including carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, and many more things. Now, up until around 40 years ago, scientists and medical professionals did not quite grasp the extent of liver dysfunction as a public health problem. They understood that the first symptom of dysfunction was fatty liver. Now, fatty liver refers to the swelling of the liver that's caused by an accumulation of fat. But they mistakenly believed that fatty liver was more or less exclusively a drinker's disease. Now, all of that changed in 1980. That was when a group of researchers out of the Mayo Clinic published the results of their studies on a group of 20 people with fatty liver. Interestingly, none of them were a heavy drinker. Most of these people had already progressed to the next stages of liver disease, marked by the presence of scar tissue, so-called fibrosis. In three of the patients, the scarring had advanced to the last and irreversible stage of liver disease, cirrhosis. Nowadays, non-alcoholic fatty liver and non-alcoholic liver disease in general are recognized as a disease of epidemic proportions in the US and Western general. Amazingly, it affects up to a quarter of the US population, with similar rates in Europe. In certain regions of the world, like South America and the Middle East, this figure exceeds 30%. The characteristics and progression of liver disease are identical in drinkers and non-drinkers alike. Now, the first sign, as we saw, is fatty liver. This is generally a silent disease with no visible symptoms. You can see it under a microscope as white balls of fat that's scattered among normal liver tissue. Now, fatty liver is very easy to reverse, but if left unchecked, it can progress onto the next stage of liver disease, which is advanced fatty liver accompanied by inflammation. If untreated, this can then lead to fibrosis, where normal liver cells are then replaced by scar tissue. When the scarring becomes generalized throughout the liver, it is classified as cirrhosis. This is irreversible end-stage liver disease. When the cirrhotic liver eventually gives out and just stops working altogether, it's 
the end of the road. As the liver is no longer able to get rid of toxins in circulation, these build up in the body and the brain. The brain then shuts down, you enter a coma, die. Now for the good news. Except for the small minority of people with liver disease who have progressed to full-blown liver cirrhosis, the rest are in a position to reverse their condition. If, like most people, you are still at the fatty liver stage, you can make a more or less complete recovery, regaining a perfectly functioning liver. Now, as encouraging as this is, you're going to have to put in some work. There's no pill that you can pop to reverse liver disease. You will need to make some relatively simple but profound lifestyle changes. So, without any further delay, here are the top five things that you can do to detox and recover your liver function today. Number one is to stop drinking alcohol. And hey, we're starting off with the big one, the elephant in the room. If you're still drinking, stop drinking. This one step alone will probably do more for your liver than all of the other four steps combined. We saw at the start how the liver filters and breaks down the drugs and other toxins in our blood. And here's the thing. Alcohol is no exception. The large majority of alcohol that you consume will be metabolized in the liver. There are some other pathways that don't involve the liver, but they're of minor importance. The problem is that the liver will metabolize all this alcohol into an even more toxic molecule called acetaldehyde. Due to its chemical structure, acetaldehyde is highly reactive. It likes to interact with the other molecules that it encounters inside the liver cells, especially proteins and DNA. This interaction leads to the formation of so-called adducts. Adducts are large, abnormal molecules formed by the fusion of acetaldehyde with a protein or a piece of DNA. The damage caused by these adducts is twofold. Firstly, you've disabled that protein or DNA from carrying out its normal function. Secondly, because these adducts shouldn't even be there in the first place, they prompt the body to attack them. And then this triggers autoimmune reactions as well as inflammation. And acetaldehyde is also highly cancerous. Compared to non-drinkers, heavy drinkers have a more than double risk of developing liver cancer. Now, at number two, we want to decrease your calorie intake. So as we saw earlier, though drinking is a leading cause of liver disease, it is far from the only culprit. An even more common cause of liver disease is overeating. For example, a study published out of Italy in 2000 compared the prevalence of fatty liver in normal versus obese people. Fatty liver was present in 16% of those with normal weight compared to a whopping 76% of obese people. Obese people were actually more likely to have fatty liver even compared to heavy drinkers, where the rate was 46%. For those who were both obese and drank heavily, the rate of fatty liver was at a whopping 95%. Overweight and obese people are also more likely to progress to advanced liver disease, namely cirrhosis or even cancer. Now, in one study survey in the US, obese people were 69% more likely to be hospitalized or die from cirrhosis compared to normal weight people. For those who were simply overweight but not obese, the risk was still 16% higher. So when it comes to cancer, the numbers are even more shocking. A study in the US looked at over 900,000 men and women who were followed up for several years. It found that cancer rates increased with increasing weight in both men and women. But of all the cancers documented, the one that struck obese people the most was liver cancer. Obese people were 4.5 times more likely to die from liver cancer compared to those with normal weight. As you'd expect from the liver's incredible ability to regenerate itself, overweight or obese folks who lose weight can have a lot to smile about. We now know that after the weight is lost, fat concentrations in the liver can drop dramatically. One study found that after a six-week intensive diet, the bloated livers of obese individuals decreased by 14.7% in volume. This was down to a whopping 43% average reduction in liver fat. And that's after only six weeks of dieting, where the study participants lost an average of only nine kilos of body weight. And number three, we've got cutting out junk food. So we just saw the importance of eating less 
especially if you're overweight. But equally as important is the quality of what goes inside of your mouth. You see, excess weight is just one among a cluster of signs that we find with increasing frequency in Western societies today. Taking together, these form the so-called metabolic syndrome. This describes a fundamental dysregulation of our body's metabolism. Other than excess weight and especially excess fat around the internal organs, the other core features of metabolic syndrome include high blood pressure, high levels of blood sugar, high levels of triglycerides, which is a type of fat in the blood, and also low HDL cholesterol, the so-called good cholesterol. Those with metabolic syndrome are at an increased risk of heart attack, heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. And scientists now know that all the components of the metabolic syndrome correlate positively with fatty liver. In other words, even if you have just one of these symptoms of metabolic syndrome, you are likely to have more fat in your liver. And the more of them that you have, the fatter that your liver will be. Now, most of these problems are caused by consuming the wrong types of food. Accordingly, they can only be solved if you stop consuming these foods. And here are the types of foods that you need to eliminate from your diet. Foods high in processed carbs and sugar, for example, white bread, pastries, cookies, potato chips, and sweets, foods high in saturated fats like dairy products and butter, junk food like pizza, fast food, and any sweetened beverage like fizzy drinks, energy drinks, or processed fruit juices. You're basically looking at the large majority of processed or packaged food. All of this has to be eliminated or at the least dramatically reduced. Instead, you would replace it with natural whole foods that are rich in protein and fiber, things like vegetables, fruits, whole grains, fish, limited amounts of organic grass-fed red meat. So at number four, we've got increasing your physical activity levels. So after cutting out the alcohol and cleaning up your diet, the next step is to raise your physical activity levels. Throughout the millions of years where our species was evolving, the acquisition of food was linked to physical activity. You know, there was no neighborhood supermarket or app on your iPhone to have groceries delivered to your door. So today we have an excess of food, we eat the wrong types of food, and we have severed the link between physical activity and the acquisition of food. So raising your levels of physical activity through exercise and getting active outdoors is indispensable. Researchers have actually discovered that physical activity in and of itself, independent of dietary changes, can lower the levels of fat in the liver. A 2016 review looked at recent studies on the effects of exercise on liver fat. The program ran for a minimum of eight weeks, with training sessions ranging in frequency from three times a week to daily. People who participated in exercise-only studies lost an average of 30.2% liver fat, and this compared to 49.8% for those who underwent a simultaneous exercise and diet intervention. Now, these are pretty remarkable numbers, considering just how quickly the reductions play out. The review also found that reductions in liver fat are observed even when there is no overall weight loss, meaning that you will lose liver fat as long as you exercise regularly, even if your total body weight stays the same. And at number five, we've got hydrating well and drinking some green tea. So an adequate intake of water is crucial for effectively transporting nutrients as well as maintaining optimal concentrations of electrolytes in our liver. And not just our liver, but for the entire body. A 2020 study estimated that up to 95% of adults in the US were chronically underhydrated. These people were at over four times higher risk of developing chronic diseases a few years down the line. You have young children, toddlers basically, being given sweetened water or other flavored drinks. Then as adults, these people then 
end up avoiding unflavored water, resulting in a chronic state of underhydration. While there is no agreement on the exact amount of water that we should be consuming, the European Food Safety Authority recommends a minimum of 2 liters of water for adult men and 1.6 liters of water for women. Now, to support a healthy liver, you can also try drinking generous amounts of green tea. The tea comes from the same plant as your standard dark tea, but it is processed differently. This results in lower levels of caffeine and higher levels of plant-based antioxidants. Now, according to a 2022 review, some of these antioxidants in green tea can aid in quote, reducing multiple manifestations of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, this was based on dozens of studies in both humans and experimental animals. You can aim for two to three cups of unsweetened green tea daily. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.